Welcome to Eagle Clinical's Expert Update, the business of natural health. Whether you're working full-time in clinic, if it's your side hustle, or if you are thinking about starting a business in natural health, this podcast is for you. Your host, naturopath and educator, Lawrence Katsaris, will interview industry experts to share easy-to-consume expert updates. With the help of the experts, Lawrence will aim to simplify some of the more confusing questions that emerge when running a business, so you can get on with the more important things. Hi, and welcome to Eagle Clinical's Expert Update, the show that speaks to industry experts and covers various topics around the business of natural health. I'm your host, Lawrence Katsaris, and today we'll be speaking with Chanel Siegman again on prioritizing website design and branding for naturopaths. In our previous episode, Chanel and I discussed the importance of branding, how to establish your online presence, and elements of creating a website to build your branding and business. In this episode, we're going to dive into some more specifics around the website creation, how to know if even though you may have a site, is it sufficient or not? And what should you be looking to update it to sort of excel your business forward? So Chanel, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me again. Thanks so much, Lawrence. Now, we were talking and you did a great job about establishing our online presence. So a lot of the practitioners listening to the podcast would be going, okay, that's, that's fantastic, but I already have some of those elements. When you are working with practitioners and assessing their website, how do you know if it's a renovator's dream or if it's just a bit of a knockdown job and let's start again? Like what are the things that practitioners should be looking at when they assess their own digital assets? So sometimes when a practitioner's reached out to me to get some help um, they may be at the point where they want what's called an SEO design audit and I offer them uh, and it's basically me sitting there and tearing the website apart. In a lovely way I'm sure. Yes um, because (laughs) the whole aim of it is to look at the holes in the areas of that website that aren't working and getting it working. Um, So whilst I've had quite a few practitioners start there where I go you know the SEO report has said these things aren't on there and from my design opinion um, these things are missing sometimes I get practitioners going do you know what I've had this site for five years I don't know how to use it Um, it's not in alignment with who I am anymore the photo is 10 years old Uh, I really want to get something I can use and utilize myself and edit myself after it's been set up or um, I need you to go into the back end and just get it kind of working better So generally what I would do with that, depending on what platform it's built on, so the standard kind of platforms for website design are WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, and then I have seen some practitioners use Weebly. Um, I can tell you right now, if a practitioner has used Weebly or Wix, nine times out of ten I suggest that they switch platforms, which means we would start completely again because there are so many limitations. Yeah, great. And but starting with you know the others is generally fine. Like, do you see? Do you have a favourite that you generally recommend people? Yeah, use? I love Squarespace um, purely because as prackies we we don't have the time. So whilst I do work on WordPress, I've built lots of sites on it. Um, it's not my favourite because of the maintenance and the upkeep. So you need to make sure that you're updating the software with WordPress. You need to make sure that all the plugins that are like a mini software to teach the 
platform what to do. So if you wanted a banner on there, for example, you'd need a certain type of theme or builder or platform. They will need to be updated as WordPress brings out a new version. And that's a lot of work. So better off sticking with Squarespace. It is pretty user-friendly and they've got plenty of it's templates really, to work really with. It's really user-friendly, yeah. And you can just take over once the design's been done and double-click something and swap it over. So I would assess what platform my website's built on and what else would I be looking at when I go, I'm in need of some diet help and I might need to do this again and I'd probably need to look at starting to see someone to do it for me or there's elements that I need to be updating. Like what's a bit of a, what's the kind of checklist as the health check for a website? Yeah, so um, how recent was your photo? Do you still look the same? <laughs> it's, a, it's an um, old one, but a good one. It's an it? old one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's an easy one. Does that um, does that type of niche align with who I am now? So I find some practitioners like they stick to a niche depending on where they are in their life. So you know, like I'm dealing with preconception care and pregnancy, and I don't know if that's because I'm in that age bracket right now, and that's what my life is. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go into menopause or perimenopause as I get older. Um, but sometimes I do find that we come out of college and we do a generalist sort of I don't have a niche or um, I want to work on this particular type of client and it just changes as we mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely. Um, definitely making sure that your copy and the photos you're using and the layout are you know, appealing to the people you want to work with. And in those... Do we need to be considering, okay, I've got a photo of me and it's in my clinic space and, you know, you mentioned practitioners love for green in the last episode. Do I need to be considering the colours and layout of my photo in context with the branding of my website and colours of my website as well? Definitely. So um, let's say you've already got a website there and you've got a logo created a long time ago and you've decided to change your mind and you, you've you really delved into who you are and who you want to see and how you want this business to be perceived. Uh, so you've got a new branding set done or a new logo and given a whole new life and the photos you've got are a completely different colour. So um, green logo, I'd say you've got like black and white photo, red clothing, purple clothing, like something that just doesn't, it doesn't go with it. Um, the whole aesthetic is just completely out. I definitely recommend that um, if you were to go down the line of getting new photos done that you make sure that they go with your branding because otherwise the flow is not going to be there. Is there go-tos for what I should be doing, how I should be looking in my photo, or does it very much depend on your branding? Uh, I'll give you an example. So I worked with Tara Nelson uh, when I actually started the business and we have recently decided to redo all of her branding and her whole website and her photography and everything. So we ended up switching Tara from uh, Wix to Squarespace so Tara could take over and it would be easier for her to kind of manage some things. Um, And in that process, we redid um, her branding. She actually renamed her whole clinic. Uh, we spoke to, she found a beautiful photographer local to her. And I said, Tara, this is your mood board and your brand board. These are the colours you're going with. They were like sage greens and uh, really like quite nice colours. I said, make sure you're wearing colours that complement that. And 
and the photography style that she got back was just beautiful it was phenomenal the the way it all kind of gelled and worked really well together so um you know I said to her make sure you've got one that's you sitting there there's some of you with your hands there's some of you with your products there's some of uh, photos of you um, in your garden because she's got a beautiful space so and she wanted hers at her her clinic place as well um, and then I suppose getting some of the area without her in them so you can use them for different purposes uh, so generally with the photography um, if the website's already been mapped out of what it's going to look like you can work out what photos you need and what way you need to be standing or sitting or looking because you don't want to have an about you and you're looking the wrong way Mm. And you can get it all purpose built. It's Tara has a beautiful looking website, and a lot of the listeners maybe have seen that because Tara was speaking for us in a recent seminar on the exhaustion crisis, and you know, sharing her expertise on thyroid. And it's certainly clear, like when you get to that website, it's it's got a look and feel. It's you know, it's very clear on who you're going to be consulted by or consulting with when you're a patient landing on her page. Um, so yeah, and that's a that's a great example. Thank you. So. Consider the colors and consider the layout of your website, ideally. And you touched on there, like getting a photographer potentially to do it. And that doesn't have to break the bank, does it? No, no. Um, it's just like I've built websites before that they don't actually have a photo of them and they don't convert as well because a client can't actually see who you are. They can't connect visually because a lot of us are visual. Um, but it's really quite important. And whether you go, do you know what, Chanel? I would like this site built. I don't have any photos of me right now that um, are professional, but what I want you to do is go, which is what I do for a lot of people, go and find stock photos and then put that photo of me. I've got, you know, at my birthday party, that's, I look nice. I'm in the garden. It's not, you know, it's not a horrible photo. And then when I'm ready, when I've got the ability to, I've got the cash flow, we're not stuck in lockdown. Um, we can go get some photos done and then, whether they come back to me and go, I've got these photos, can you pop them in? Or, hey, I've got the access, I'm going to go double-click on this and swap it out. It doesn't mean that you have to spend five, 600 bucks on photos, which that's ideal. Like if you've got the, the money there and a good photographer there and you know what your branding is, then that's what makes a website look amazing. Mm. Yeah, great. That's a nice way that you can at least hear it in and you can start with something and, you know, get – get those pieces later so we've talked about in in the last episode you gave us the specifics about how we might break down a website we didn't get a chance to cover the details around like a e-commerce platform for it. like a lot of us and as you've mentioned like you might be selling particular things on your website like it's a good idea to give things away for free to get a mailing list how is there elements like how important is it to be having uh, e-commerce aspect to my site relatively complicated would you mind just kind of walking us through that element for website creation yeah so if you are building a website and you go do you know what I want to look at the different avenues of income here so I see people in consultation I see people in follow-ups I um, sell products that's the basis of what a practitioner should do. You can build your business so much more than that. You can sell ebooks, you can sell retail products, you can sell, you know, uh, recipes, you can sell products. So, um, for example, in my naturopathic clinic, yes, I see people for consult, 
it's not my main form of income when it comes to my clinic though. Interesting. I sell, yeah, so I sell uh, Zazen water filters. Yep. I've got Natural Best retail range in my shop. I've got meal meal recipe books in there and that all kind of trickles through. So whether someone buys that up front or they buy, say, a Zazen water filter on um, payment plan, which I've got quite a few people doing that at the moment, I've got this income coming in that doesn't solely rely on me being in clinic. And I'm sure that also then helps to build your audience. Like you, you'll be getting people that might land on your page because they're looking for a water filter, but they may not have been looking for you as a practitioner. Yeah. You... So I, I do find that I actually went to a women's circle recently and I was chatting to one of the, the women there about uh, the fact she had a rainwater tank and she wasn't filtering it and what, you know, um, things that she would find in the water, she happened to filter it. And we just got talking and I said, you know, I sell these filters. You should grab one. And then, the more I got talking to her, the more we started talking about toxic overload and, and what have you. And then she's like, oh, I really should come and see you. And it's just a general conversation you have with someone, um, you know, in it. It wasn't it, like my purpose of going to that was just to go meet some other women. It wasn't for a sales process, but that's just what came out of it. Yeah, because you're broadening the services that you're offering there by, yeah. by offering more online. So is this something that you've seen go – wrong there's some pitfalls i know that it can exist if you try and do that yourself um do is this something that is capable for people to try and venture into is this an area where you do really need to start to look at getting professional support for your website i definitely think having professional photos of whatever product you're selling is going to help rather than um say using the standard stock photo with the white background it doesn't look that appealing and that probably gets us to a very good point where you touched on last episode around SEO, like you're saying, Google not liking things. There is a lot more complexity to SEO. And I know it's an area that you've mentioned that practitioners can freak out a little bit. It can be a bit of a headache. Would you mind walking us through some of the more detail around the complexities of that? Yeah, sure. So um, generally, if I'm building a site, I would have a look at um, again, like what area that practitioner wants to work in. So whether it's, um, you know, like metabolic balance and weight loss, whether it's, um, you know, fertility, whether it's working with babies and children, um, allergy skin, like you can't just write in um, skin naturopath or uh, weight loss nutrition. Like you really need to nut down on those words. And I know it is quite it is quite a scary kind of place for practitioners to sit in because it's not something – that we're taught about you know we're not taught about this stuff at all um and a lot of us sort of shy away from doing it but if you do it right then um people will find you and they will book in with you and that's the whole purpose of having an online presence so um when you're designing the site or i'm designing the site for example you would have the title of the page making sure you rename it because when you add a new page in, if you don't name it, it becomes unnamed. So if you don't swap it over to whatever it is, say a home page or an about you, so I wouldn't write about you, I wouldn't write about, 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 about and then have your actual name on there. So this then looks like if I've clicked on your page, it will show instead of it being you know, untitled or unnamed, it'll be about Chanel in, yeah. in, the, in the browser. In the little tab up the top, yeah. So in the tab up the top, it's going to say um, 
like if you're on the about page, it would say about Chanel or about Chanel Siegman. And then um, depending on how I've set this title up, um, and generally I would do this across the board for most people, is about their name and then have, say, a hyphen. And then after that, have whatever niche area they work in with their location. And once you set all this up, it then it's not just a like set it down and just let it be situation, is it? It needs to constantly be updated by the practitioner. Yes. So that doesn't mean that you go into the settings of the page every now and again and change it unless you have a clear SEO plan and you've been watching the analytics of it and seeing what people are searching in Google and how they found you. Um, it's the fastest way is probably by adding um, new content in and that's not necessarily meaning like a new page for a new service, which I recommend you do when you've got a new service, you add the new page in on your site anyway. But um, it's adding blogs in. So that blog would be targeting what you want to, what you want to see so like five things to help with fertility or 10 um, great sleep hygiene tips to help you have a good night's sleep and when someone's updating that like you know whether it's for seo optimization or updating content like how regularly do you say that people should be adding to their site uh if you were to add a new blog i would say monthly you could technically do fortnight if you want but i don't know anyone who's got time and do you find that a lot of practitioners are writing those themselves or is it something that they're on outsourcing? Most practitioners don't. They don't have time, so they don't do it. Um, I outsource my blog writing because I don't have time to sit there and write it and I like talking more than writing. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. It's a little easier. Now, outsourcing for content and copy creation isn't the only thing. Like probably here's a good time to start talking about socials. Like I know that some people sort of feel that they're doing their socials themselves. There's also a lot of people that don't do socials themselves. Would you mind just talking us through when it comes to social media, what's your views on creating content there? If you do it right, then it will help you, but it's an ever-changing beast. It is hard to keep on top of what the algorithm is doing or not doing or having um, the right hashtags or the wrong hashtags or what's been censored at the time um, through to even having good content because there's no point putting a post up on social media and it just it's just not well written you know mm. so do you do you outsource your socials yourself yeah I do I wasn't for a long time there I was doing it myself um, and then I was actually getting quite stressed out balancing between you know running a household, having kids, running clinic, ordering products, putting treatment notes in, like all of these things that we've got to do. And then running the business, paying the bills, doing the social media, you know, doing the newsletter. So it kind of just got a bit too much. So I stopped doing it. Yeah, it's a lot of hats to be wearing, isn't it? Definitely. You know, that's not even including any of the accounting or bookkeeping I had to do. <laughs> so... Some people will get people to write the content and do like handle their socials completely for them. And others might look at doing, I know they might like batch photos. So they might be writing the content, but similar to, I guess, what you were talking about for the website, maybe get in a photographer and get a whole bunch of shots done. And then, you know, you've got maybe a couple of months worth of, of posts. Are there other ways that you see that practitioners can handle their socials? 
Yeah, so definitely having a marketing plan would be the easiest sort of way. And that's what I do with mine as well is um, I converse with with my copywriters and just go, do you know what, this is what I want to do in five months' time. I want to have these three ebooks sitting here um, and I want this. And it's not a matter of just putting that one post being like, hey, buy my thing. There's a whole big strategy. It's huge. And it, it does come back down to this basis of, um, you know, like, what, does this look good? Is my target market going to buy it? Does it read well? Does it have the right hashtags? Are people commenting on it? Am I making money out of it? And when you're talking about like it's an investment and you're saying there like it's going to require a little bit of investment in there in terms of hiring the right people to get that done so that then you can offer those services or extend your reach. What is it that for a budget, what would someone be looking at to be creating, say, getting someone to do their socials from your experience? Uh, it depends on who you work with. So, and it depends on the level. Um, so you can do like three posts a week or every day, or, um, you know, you can get someone to do a newsletter as well and a blog and then kind of all filter it all in. So it really depends on who you're going to work with. But I would say you get away with having about, four or five consultations cover the cost of the social media and then the return of investment on that is quite good because um, let's say you've got a month's worth of social media scheduled in and it's all been beautifully designed in alignment with all of your branding um, and it, it's the calls to action on the social media. I go to my link on um, my bio to find the blog on this and go to my link to book in for a consultation for this and go here um, because I've talked about this beautiful product that I happen to sell on my shop, um, which is like the kind of basics of what you would do with your social media, not just, hi, this is who I am, thanks. Um, there's a whole strategy behind it all. So if that's all kind of written out and it's all marketed out, you can get people commenting and direct messaging you saying, I really connect with you, I want to come and see you. So it just depends on you know, how much time you have and how much value you have on your time because you can spend hours going through DIYing your website, going in circles. You can spend hours trying to do your branding and trying to write your own copy. But if it's not converting to sales, then what was the point in it? Definitely. And I guess as the theme of the whole podcast here is, you know, focusing on what we do best. And if it's what drives us to be a practitioner and helping patients, then that might be better that we're spending that time upskilling technically, researching our patients, like doing any of that particular aspect and leaving the rest of the digital marketing plan and the digital marketing for someone else and get them to do that. So you've got an individual who's an expert at that to give you those results because as you just touched on there, I think it's really important to reiterate for practitioners that the difference between doing this well and doing this poorly can be the difference between having people come in the door and having them not. So I think that's a really probably a great place to wrap it up. I don't know if there was anything else that we haven't covered or anything that you wanted to reiterate before we did, but I think you've provided a really good detailed insight into what we need to be looking for when we have a look at our digital presence and go, I might be online, I've got websites, I've got socials, but is it being done right? And you've given us a great checklist to be looking at that looking at the additional ways that we can add income onto that and how we can benefit from using professionals and getting their expertise to help revamp that and, and direct us to where we need to be. Is there anything else that 
while we're sort of wrapping that up, Chanel, that we haven't covered that you'd like to cover or just reiterate? Yeah, so make sure that when you do maintain things that you know what you're doing and if you don't know what you're doing, then reach out and get some help because the last thing you want to do is stick your head in the sand when it comes to your online presence and your website and your branding and, you know, five years go down the, the, the path and you turn around and go, why didn't I do this sooner? So definitely like reaching out and getting help with whatever it else is that you need to get help with. Um, you know, there's no silly questions. And I do find like a lot of practice to sit there and go, I'm not tech savvy. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and they don't actually go, can you just help me? Mm. So that's, that's perfect. I think that's a great, that's a great final note. Make sure we're asking for help and asking the right people. Thank you. That's been fantastic. It's been really insightful and I'm sure that the listeners will get a lot of valuable information to help direct their business forward and their branding to grow themselves digitally. So thanks so much for joining me on the show again, Chanel. Thanks so much, Lawrence. It's been really great talking to you about this. Thank you for listening to Eagle Clinical's Expert Update. For further information and show notes, visit the Eagle Natural Health website at eaglenaturalhealth.com.au. If you have a topic that you would like us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on the Eagle website or message us through our social media pages. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with the latest episodes.